It is 9 a.m. on Tuesday, March 24th. This is KOPN station manager Tim Pilcher, and once again, we're here to bring you a special local report and update on the unfolding coronavirus situation here in mid-Missouri. We've decided to call this daily report The Community Pulse, and you can catch it every weekday morning at 9 a.m. here on KOPN. If you happen to miss our morning reports as they air live, you can also find them later on on our Facebook page. Yesterday, the positive COVID-19 case count for Missouri rose by 70%, with a total of 183 confirmed cases in Missouri and three deaths. St. Louis County leads with the most confirmed cases at 69, but Boone County and Kansas City are both right behind St. Louis with 17 cases each. St. Louis and Kansas City have stay-at-home orders in place, but Columbia does not. Joining me by phone once again is Elizabeth Alleman. MD, local family physician, and host of Your Health Matters. And also joining us by phone is guest Sarah Williams, social worker with a background in community planning and preparedness. Good morning. Oh, it looks like we may have lost Elizabeth. Elizabeth, if you could give us a call right back, we'll, we'll get you on here in a second. All right, we're gonna we're gonna pause for a second while we wait for Elizabeth to get back on the line. Hello, Elizabeth, are you there? I'm here now. Yeah. Great. Thank you for joining us. Hey, thanks. And um, I'm just getting updates. Um, I was told this morning that Missouri is up to 194 cases with four deaths, and now just got a text saying it's 195. So, which is one of the reasons I was hesitant to put numbers in the in the. They're just changing all the time. Um, Right. Uh, so, and I had the call had dropped. Did you go over the U.S. and world numbers? No, I did not. Why don't you give us that okay. update? So, I am not keeping the U.S. numbers in my head, but the world uh, is up to um, we're we're approaching four hundred thousand in the world. And the thing to remember with these these numbers, because of the limitations on testing. Um, most people are saying that for most countries, we, sh- we can say that the actual numbers of people with the virus in their bodies is probably 10 to 20 times the numbers that we're seeing of documented cases. So it looks like we're approaching 4 million worldwide. Um, but the other thing is that we have 100,000 recovered people. And if, if it's true that those numbers should also be multiplied by 10 or 20, we're looking at one to two million people who have recovered and likely have at least some, at least short-term immunity, which is, to me, the positive part of watching this, is that the tail end of this is, is starting to, to happen, too. Yeah, so um, what else do you have to report for us today? Yeah, so changes um, since yesterday, there's still no order um, of changing uh, what is open and what is closed in Boone County and um, the city of Columbia. So as of right now, in the city of Columbia, movie theaters, uh, clubhouses, uh, golf clubhouses, hookah lounges, uh, salons, and gyms, uh, um, bowling alleys, uh, are still open and still um, legally practice, uh, in business. Um, and uh, in Cole County, they did issue an order that closes theaters and clubs, uh, but still no stay-at-home order in either uh, in either place. And our president is speaking impatiently about um, the impact of these uh, re- these uh, social distancing encouragements on the economy and is speaking of wanting to put the economy above the advice of its health advisors. Hmm. Um, and I also received a request this morning to clarify again what a stay-at-home order means and doesn't mean. 
um, I think in France and some other country in Europe, uh, there are requirements that the police can ask you for a, a letter saying that you have a reason to be out, but nowhere in the United States is doing that. So as it stands right now, the kinds of stay-at-home orders that many people are advocating, and I'm one of them, do not limit your ability to drive your car. Um, I had somebody tell me that they're now considering their car their uh, mobile stay-at-home pod. So you're still distancing yourself from other people. No one else should be in your car besides the people you live with. Um, but you can move about, and there's nobody, there, as far as I know, there's no evidence of police involvement in breaking up gatherings except for maybe some beach parties in Florida that may have been broken up for other reasons. Um, so uh, really what stay-at-home uh, orders are, as Sarah and I talked yesterday, is there 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 are governmental um, clarity that we really are um, ordering you uh, without any uh, use of force to imp- uh, enforce it at this point to um, limit your contact with other people to essential things like obtaining food, obtaining medical care, uh, getting your plumbing fixed in your house if there's an emergency. So we understand that people's lives are still going to go on, but that you would not go to a movie and you would not go and bowl and you wouldn't go hang out in your golf clubhouse. Right. Am I, am I stating that wrong, Sarah? You are spot on. Okay. So I also wanted to do a little brief about testing, how to get it. Testing is being expanded. Uh, as far as I know, there is no place that the general public can get testing if they have no symptoms, including through me. So in order to, if you're not symptomatic, as far as I know, the only people who are getting that is people who um, play in uh, professional sports, are members of Congress, um, or uh, are traveling to another country. I'm not recommending that you travel to get your test. So if you have symptoms, you can uh, get testing at Boone Hospital Center, the University of Missouri, and, uh, and those are both drive-up. St. Mary's and Capital Region, I just saw this morning, are also adding drive-up testing. I do not know what their criteria are. Hmm. Um, the state of Missouri is still testing symptomatic travelers to hotspots or symptomatic um, exposures to known cases. If you do not have symptoms and you were a traveler or, and, or a contact, those people are asked to quarantine at home for 14 days, and if they get symptoms, then we'll trust them then. And this is really about trying to use this very short resource, this very limited resource of testing, which is limited, uh, uh, surprisingly enough, by the small amount of fluid that's in the bottom of the vial that the, the swab out of your nose um, goes into after it's been swabbed. So it's called a viral transport media. And usually this is the same thing that's used to test for influenza. And um, we're right at the end of the flu season. And so I think that typically what happens is those things get short um, about this time of year because it has a shelf life and we won't need a lot of it in the normal course of event until until the fall. So that's what we're trying. And so we don't know when we would test an asymptomatic person. If we tested you today and you were asymptomatic, we one day we will be doing that, I think, but we're not doing that now. So if people 
want, I think you can just drive up without an order to the university's um, system, and theirs is um, beside the Hearn Center, somewhere around the Hearn Center near a baseball field. And if you want testing through Boone Hospital Center, you need a physician order. If you don't have a physician or your physician won't give you an order and you have symptoms of cough, shortness of breath, fever, or loss of smell and taste, then you may call my office, please not right now, because um, that will distort my, it will distract me because I'm in my office. And that's 443-7070. Or you can go online to my website, www.dralleman.com, and fill out a survey monkey form, um, which will then result in someone calling you back. Do we have any idea how many tests are being done daily over at the Hearn Center? Are there, lo- are there big lines? I, I, are there... No lines. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, uh, Tim, I am staying in my office day and night, and I am not going out a lot, but I have been tempted to get in my stay-at-home uh, social distancing pod and drive around to see. Um, I have not wanted to bother the very busy folks there by asking, um, but I- I'm curious about that. Um, a local oncologist, someone who takes care of people with um, cancer and disorders of the blood, uh, was tested positive recently. I think that was reported yesterday. And that person's patients, of course, are very concerned. And again, we're not testing them if they're asymptomatic. We're asking them to all quarantine and report symptoms so we can test them if they turn positive. Right. Um, we do have increasing testing in, in central Missouri and across the state. And we are seeing a, a rise in our numbers, but not as rapid as I had feared. So it's a really good news that most of the people in central Missouri who have this terrible crud that's going around have something that's apparently not COVID-19. And this is great news. You still need to stay home so we don't give that spread that around anymore because I'm hoping that we'll, we'll see that go away as well as people are staying away from each other. Yep. So those normal cough and cold flu sicknesses are still out there and yeah, going around. Yeah. So people are still getting sick as they normally oh, would. Yeah. And um, in many cases, they may have to start uh, being taken care of at home. Um, I think that increasingly we need to be ready to take care of, care of things at home. And thank you so much for the segue of our next um, thing. So um, we need to be, able, be, first of all, like avoid getting sick. And if you can, avoid injury. I've, I'm hearing that Parents are sending their children out to the yard to play and saying, please do not do anything that might result in an emergency room visit. Um, I don't know how well children are listening to that. It's a very difficult thing. But I am asking people to be so careful if you do things like climb on a ladder, um, use uh, tools, especially if you're prying things. If you are, Please wear your eye protection if you're hammering. I mean, we just need to be thoughtful. I'm just – and this is – specifically directed at a family member in my household, please don't use a chainsaw. Um, so those are the things that we're asking. But, but we're thinking about sickness right now. So I wanted to talk about what we do about the fact that many of us are sick with many things um, and we're worried about getting this virus. So first is prevention. That is laying the foundation for good health. Um, it's very clear now we're getting direction from the World Health Organization that sugar and alcohol are immune suppressants and should be avoided during this time. Um, so if you were using sugar and stress eating and alcohol as a way of coping, please come up with another way. Um, we should manage stress as much as possible, and um, I, we cannot avoid stress. We are all worried. Um, but uh, I uh, want to hear what each of you are doing to manage your stress if you're willing to share, like maybe your two or three top things. 
Sarah, why don't you go ahead? Thank you. So simple acts like taking time for gratitude, um, for me, especially being outdoors in nature, mm-hmm. and, you know, taking comfort from routine and repeatedly doing simple tasks, um, really being, you know, mindful of the most simple things. Um, and then for myself, um, obviously, animal time, time with my fur creatures, very important, along with outdoors. Uh, on a day like today, it's a little more challenging to be outdoors, but um, some fresh air, um, exercise, moderate exercise, and keeping to a simple routine. And through that um, uh, mindset of gratitude. How about I, you, Tim? I, I share a lot of the same practices. Um, fortunately, I'm still able to come in to work, unlike many people. So that having that routine and having something to distract me away from, say, looking at my phone or or reading the news all day is helpful. Um, taking daily walks with my wife, spending time with my cat, cooking delicious food at home, um, and, and staying as healthy as possible. So I'm going to add something that I've been doing. One is that uh, moving into my office has um, has some downsides, but the upside is that I have a hyperbaric chamber and a sauna in my office, so it's like living a little bit in a spa. And I have taken to singing really loud when I'm in the sauna in the morning um, because there's no one here to hear me. Um, and the other thing I want to implement today is I want to begin to have a person or two that I interact with on the regular basis where the agreement is we're going to talk about something else because I can already feel the neural pathways in my brain that want to think about this just getting deeper and deeper, and I really don't want to, I don't want to encourage that any more than I have to. Yeah, it's interesting how it's saturated our minds so quickly. There's nothing else right. to talk about. Right. I can feel, like I remember about a week ago, I thought, I can feel this maybe making, changing me permanently in the way that generations before when we talked about, oh, well, they lived through the Depression and they can't change how they're thinking. I can see that starting to happen, and I want to do what I can to stay a flexible, um, uh, uh, multifaceted person. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move on to diet. You talked about eating, you know, uh, cooking nutritious um, meals. Um, the folks that make this most sense to me say that our diet should include three cups of vegetables at each meal. That's a lot. But remember that a clove of garlic can count as a cup as long as you're not counting that as um, all, all nine servings. Um, and that uh, corn and uh, potatoes don't count as a vegetable. They're more of a starch. They can be a part of your food, but you should eat your three cups of vegetables at each meal first. One serving of fruit a day, mostly berries, a quarter cup of nuts a day, and uh, including fish and organ meats daily, regularly in your diet. We talked about a daily walk in nature that's so helpful. We can measure the diminishment of stress hormones that have an impact on our immune system. Um, eight hours of sleep a night if you can get it. Um, a habit of relaxation, yoga, meditation, prayer, intentional laughter. And um, here's one that's, that's hard. I'm not doing it yet, but I, I would like to. No screens after sundown. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, it messes with our sleep and messes with our hormones. Um, and then to treat an illness, remember that this new virus is related to colds, and, and um, we can, most of us are, will experience it like that. So, you know, rest and quiet, 
a cheerful confidence that um, our bodies have gotten well after other viruses and will get well off this one too. Um, a clean diet, uh, broth soups, limited unsweetened fruit juices, herbal teas. And then some people, many people are using plant medicines to, um, to uh, address this. And there are resources that we can find. Tim, if I send you some links, can you put them up on the Facebook page to some herbalists who are speaking thoughtfully about this? I would be happy to. Yeah. Um, and uh, then the question is whether you should reduce a fever. And I think in general, we should not. Um, and if you are during this illness, there is some indication that acetaminophen um, or the brand name Tylenol is safer than ibuprofen or um, other uh, uh, medicines in that category, things like Motrin and um, Advil. Um, there's some thought that that might not be so good. And the other thing as far as prevention is that um, there's some interesting stuff, that interesting data that maybe people with hypertension, diabetes, and obesity are in the highest risk regardless of their age. Um, and maybe people are thinking, oh, well, I have that, so I'm just doomed. But no, I wonder whether it's because of the distortion in our inflammatory response that's the root of those illnesses and that changes in diet and lifestyle can make a difference even in days. So if you could move away from sugar and alcohol, uh, increase the vegetables in your diet, um, exercise on a daily basis, we can see that move quickly. And that is an investment in your long-term health, too. Indeed. Well, yeah. Elizabeth or Sarah, do you have any uh, final thoughts for this morning's report? So I, I have... Go ahead, Sarah. So I wanted to touch real quick back on um, Elizabeth's mention of the neural pathways in our brain. Um, I'd be happy to share with you, Tim, for the website or for Facebook. Yale University has a popular course called their Happiness Course, and they have made it available for free online through Coursera. Um, and it addresses exactly that, creating um, positive neural pathways in our brain. Great. Yeah, I'd be happy to share those links on our Facebook page uh, a little later today. So also, um, I would love to read on air a letter from the Missouri State Medical Association to the governor. Can you hear me okay with my phone on speakerphone? I can hear you just fine. Yeah. Okay, so this is to the governor, dear Governor Parsons. Actually, they didn't say dear. Sorry, Governor Parsons. On behalf of the physicians and surgeons practicing in Missouri, the Missouri State Medical Association requests the enactment of a shelter-in-place requirement by executive order. We appreciate the previous actions you have taken regarding this crisis and understand the interwoven policy issues at play during this critical time. However, we now believe that a statewide shelter-in-place order is the only way to curb the exponential spread of COVID-19 in Missouri. If things progress as is, COVID-19 patients will deplete the state's available hospital beds, ventilators, and precious personal protective equipment. Any additional time without a shelter-in-place requirement wastes crucial healthcare resources, including manpower. As physicians, we understand our role as the first line of defense against this virus. We accept the likelihood that a number of physicians will contract COVID-19 while treating the citizens of Missouri. Despite that known fact, we are prepared to carry out responsibilities for as long as needed. We ask for your assistance as we begin this difficult journey. I'm telling you that people I know and love are facing um, a really devastating uh, 
work time for the next few months. And many of them, many, we're going to lose physicians and nurses, respiratory therapists, not just get, have them get sick, but the, the intense exposure of our healthcare workers seems to put them at increased risk of death. And um, to ask them to do that when we won't close theaters and golf clubs is really, um, I have, you can tell I have a big opinion. If you have an opinion, you could call people. That's all I'm going to say about that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. So still, but everybody, we need to take this seriously and then also have a cheerful confidence that you woke up this morning. There are so many viruses out there that would love to take, uh, take advantage of the resources you have gathered into your own body and have been trying your whole life, and yet here you are. It's a miracle. So just have, take, take strength in that and um, stay away from people you don't live with. Yes, the human body is so resilient. Right. Tomorrow morning, my guest is going to be Jenny Chadwick, who is a um, public health uh, expert, and we're going to be talking about these things. Later in the week, I, Sarah has lined up a guest that she probably thought was on for tomorrow, but I'm making executive decisions as things shift very <laughs> rapidly. And um, uh, so we'll be having guests, and sometimes I'll, it may just be, be me or it may just be me and Sarah. But thank you so much for um, listening. Thank you, Elizabeth, and thank you again, Sarah. Thank you. Once again, we were speaking with Dr. Elizabeth Alleman, MD, local family physician and host of Your Health Matters, which airs every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. on KOPN. And also with us was guest Sarah Williams, social worker with a background in community planning and preparedness. If you have a message you'd like to share or a question for Dr. Alleman regarding the coronavirus situation in Missouri, you can always call us here at KOPN at 573-874-1139 and leave us a message or a comment uh, on our Facebook page will also work. Uh, we want to hear from you, and if appropriate, we may share your question or message in future broadcasts. Again, that number to leave a message is 573-874-1139. Thanks for tuning in to today's edition of Community Pulse, KOPN's local report and update on the unfolding coronavirus situation in mid-Missouri. We'll be bringing you a new update each weekday morning at 9 a.m., and if you happen to miss it, you can catch it on our Facebook page shortly thereafter. Thanks for listening, and we'll be right back with Background Briefing.